0: Welcome to the Colander Medical Radio Show with Dr. Brian Colander, MD. Dr. Colander is a board certified internal medicine physician who specializes in the assessment and treatment of artery disease. His medical practice is dedicated to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne Marie Cronin, and we're going to be talking to Dr. Colander about his unique personalized concierge practice and his plan for revolutionizing healthcare. His vision focuses on preventing the events that lead to all of the catastrophic diseases of our time. Dr. Collender will explain to us about how and why we develop chronic systemic disease and the course we ought to be taking to prevent it. To find out more about how to avoid diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart attack, and stroke, stay tuned and we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to the Collender Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. And we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collender is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also explain the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're encouraging you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866 collender Dr. Collender, welcome back to another one of your very informative shows. You've explained to us many times about what a concierge practice is, personalized care, long time spent with the doctor, tests that no one else is giving, and your practice focuses on prevention. One of the things you've brought up is about cognitive testing. Can you explain to us what you do in cognitive testing that's different from run-of-the-mill primary care physician testing?
1: Well, thanks, Anne-Marie. I like to think that what we do also helps people with preventing dementia. So even though this sounds like an impossible task, um, I do believe that early intervention and applying the methods that we use to prevent heart attack and stroke are also going to have an impact on brain health. And one of the real challenges is identifying and being able to follow. Where your brain health is. That's really uh, one of the big issues because in traditional practice, identifying early dementia is very difficult.
0: Does it, let me ask you this does any doctor even do that? I'm not aware of any test that I've ever been given or anyone I know has been given that's identified as talking about pre dementia or pre cognitive disorders or any of the above.
1: Well, Medicare does cover screening for dementia. So a lot of practices will do some rudimentary
0: screening. Okay, but let me tell you something. You yourself have said on many of your other shows that the time to find out whether or not you're a candidate for Alzheimer's or dementia is probably when you're 20 or 30, when the bacteria is in your oral cavity that will eventually move into the bloodstream and into the brain. So, it doesn't really matter to most of the population that they're going to get a test when it's covered by Medicare. They need to know about this test when they're 20 or 30.
1: Well, you're right, but you're asking whether there's some screening. So, there is some screening, right? Again, it's Medicare, so it's 65. People want to know earlier. But even that screening that's being done, I would call useless because it's totally useless. To fail those tests, you have to be severely demented, severe so it's very hard to identify somebody at the earliest stage of dementia and even then we want to prevent problems so the you know still the greatest challenges are identifying the earliest phases so that we can take more action early and you know the questions are what action do we do and why aren't neurologists doing this
0: well I guess my answer to that, you know, off the cuff when you just said it is that in order to go from a PCP to a neurologist, you have to first of all present with and be diagnosed with a neurological problem severe enough to send you over on a prescription to see a neurologist. They're not just going to send every patient that comes in. And if they don't do a cognitive test or they don't do other neurological testing, I mean, you'd have to be pretty severe to even get out of the PCP's office.
1: Unfortunately, a lot of specialists, and we've mentioned this on the show many times, brain health specialists feel that there really is no action to be taken, you know, for dementia or Alzheimer's. And the reality is, if you already have dementia, the answer is yeah, it's kind of the cat's out of the bag. Um, it's very hard to reverse it. But the real goal here is to never get it. Right. So if you can start a process early on. And identify people at risk. Because I think recognizing the risk, recognizing the earliest possible objective markers of disease really gets people to change lifestyle and behavior and to do things they wouldn't otherwise have done to make themselves better.
0: Well, I have to tell you, just as an experience that I heard from Siobhan, who's not with us for this show, she'll be with us for the live show. But, um, One of the things that she mentioned was when her husband joined your practice and went to see you, he personally told me that he was blown over by the cognitive test. And he's in his mid-30s, and you're giving him this cognitive test that was really very, um, you know, not difficult, but challenging.
1: Well, ironically, the people who do really well on it love it. They think it's fun, and the people that don't do well on it hate it. They don't ever want to do it again.
0: <laughs> well, why would they so, hate it though? It's it's well, a diagnostic test. because they're not test. doing
1: good at it, and it's frustrating. But
0: that's revealing that something's wrong, well, or something that's what could I be wrong.
1: Exactly. And so, you know, we I think we need to talk a little bit about what is being done in a traditional office. You know, if it's being done at all. Number one. So, you know, what's being done are some basic questions. And I used to do something called a mini mental status exam, which is about 30 questions. My staff could administer it in about 30 seconds. And mm-hmm. frankly, after one time getting this test, every single person in my practice, regardless of the state of their mental health, memorized, they memorized the test. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what good is a test for memory when it's so simple it can be memorized? Right. You don't get identified as having disease until you have Alzheimer's or you have severe vascular dementia. So its utility as a preventative tool is useless.
0: I agree and let's come back and talk some more about that after the break because obviously you're doing something that's much more complicated and certainly a lot more helpful in the pre-diagnosis of dementia. In the meantime, we're gonna have to take a quick break. You are listening to the Collender Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Collender directly at 866 Collender. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Collender Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Collender Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, board-certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collender is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also tell us about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which help to prevent the major diseases of our time. For more information, we're encouraging you only to call Dr. Collender directly at 866 Collender Coming back, Dr. Collender, we're talking about cognitive testing. Tell us what you're doing in your concierge practice to help diagnose dementia.
1: Well, Anne-Marie, I thought we would talk about this in context of a patient. So, as you we know, we're, we're unfortunately not with our patient today. We're hoping he'd come in and share his story personally, but a lot of my patients just don't want to come on the radio, which is too bad. But well, I think um, they're just too timid. That's right, all. Right. Right. So I wanted yeah. to share uh, the story. Um, So I have a patient, he's mid-70s, he's been retired for 20 years, and, you know, much to my dismay, up to this year, he decided to spend his retirement watching movies and eating pastries. (laughs) So he literally would watch four movies a day. I mean, all day. He'd sleep in, and then he'd just sit on his Lazy Boy, eating pastries, watching movies and he was he
0: excuse me was he your patient when you were a primary care physician of the yes. ordinary style yeah so he just segued with you exactly so when you went into being a concierge doctor he decided to join your practice he and his wife so now he's spending even more time with you
1: right uh but it granted until recently you know he's just like anybody else he'd come in for his physical if he came in another time of the year i kind of had to drag him in you uh-huh. know, but he would eventually come in for a second visit during the year. Uh, but in general, um, he, you know, he's he's just like anybody else. They don't, he's obviously not compliant. You know, because I'm, I'm not telling him to eat pastries and watch movies. I want him to eat healthy and exercise. And he's not doing it. Um, he's pre-diabetic, which is something we talk about a lot. So this year he comes in and he's doing great. Um, he lost 20 pounds. Even his wife, who I saw the day before for her physical, told me he's doing so much better. He's eating healthier. He's moving around. He's doing all the chores. He's cleaning up the yard. You know, he's watching half the movies and he doesn't eat pastries anymore. And I wasn't really sure what drove I wonder you know, what this brought change. about that change. I wanna be honest. Even after talking to him, I still don't really know what it was, but I want to suspect that he did not do well on our memory testing mm. a year ago. So he got a wake-up call. So that was his wake-up call. So mm-hmm. he did poorly on it, mm-hmm. and that resonated with him. So mm-hmm. ironically, even though he has all these health warning signs, he did did really well on his CIMT testing, you know, better than I expected. So regular listeners will know that a CIMT is a carotid intima media thickness test. It's a ultrasound that's simple, 10 minutes, inexpensive, and it measures the layers of your artery, which better identifies risk for disease than basically any other test. So he did well on those. So that was not motivation for him to change.
0: Well, there wasn't any motivation if he did well on the test. He probably thought he's well get-home-free card. Well, well
1: is, you know, in the, you know how, is, how it is. I always want people to be better. You know, right. let's just say it wasn't the disaster we were expecting. Right. So he still had plaque. He, he still has inflammation, but it just wasn't a disaster. But he, his, we do a cognitive test that is like playing a video game. Uh-huh. And so people sit in front of a computer screen. Um, they're in the room alone. There's no noise. And they're using a joystick. And this test measures not just memory, but different types of memory. Word memory, number memory, shape memory, discrimination of all of these words, numbers, and shapes. And in doing so, it's also measuring fine motor skills and hand-eye coordination. Mm-hmm. So it's like a 10 minute game and it gives you a score at the end. Mm -hmm. And so obviously his score last year was terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, Clinically meaning, or, you know, in real life, he wasn't as, he's not as bad as that score was, but it got, I think that's what really got him to change his behaviors.
0: And so he came down to what was the next move?
1: Well, he really did this on his own and the, in that, you know, we're, I'm giving him the medications I think he needs to manage his artery health. Um, I'm giving him the directions that I think he needs to improve his lifestyle. Um, I encourage him to come in more often to monitor these markers. Mm-hmm. But I think the real point here is that we need multiple measurements of health because different people are gonna respond differently to different things. Like, I can't even tell you what I told him Uh or what exactly it was because I asked him and he wasn't really sure. Uh But something that happened in the visit a year ago Uh really got him going. I mean, he didn't turn into like a marathon runner, but to the degree that he, he went from eating pastries all the time to not, and to instead of watching four and being movies, sedentary, right? Basically, instead mm-hmm. of watching four movies a day, he went to two maybe, and and did what his wife asked him to do around the house. So that level of activity um, made a huge difference in his scores, the memory score, from one year to the next. So I what's would, the
0: explanation for that that he would do better on that uh, cognitive test? Because he lost weight, he ate better, he exercised more, he moved around more, um, lost some weight. But how would that affect his neurological functioning?
1: Well, lifestyle again, we talk, and we don't talk that much about the details of lifestyle, but it, to my practice and patients, we talk about lifestyle being the foundation of prevention. And there are a lot of research studies that show that if you just apply a healthy lifestyle, you can reverse a lot of disease states. Now, is it it enough? Of course not. But it gets you pretty far down the road. Mm -hmm. And prevention is about screening for disease and then applying a process, not Mm -hmm. just getting the test. So I think what's important is that We're not just looking at arteries. We're not just looking at inflammation markers, but we're finding ways to measure brain health. Mm -hmm. And what's important about the tests that we do, and we have to talk more about it next segment, is that it's repeatable and it's intuitive and it will adjust so that you just can't study for it. And you can't memorize it then. You can't memorize it and... It's so it's not like well I just got better at it no mm-hmm. he got better and the scores reflect uh, right. it right mm-hmm. so I was just as happy to see that we were able to have an impact on dementia in right. somebody now to talk to him I don't really think he would think he was that you know he had that dementia I think the score um, overestimated his brain health mm-hmm. you know overdiagnosed it a little bit but it was enough for him to really get engaged Um, and also we need to talk more about insulin resistance next segment because as someone who's pre-diabetic, he has insulin resistance and insulin resistance is the driver of not just heart attack and stroke but Alzheimer's, dementia and cancer. So what he did is he did what he had to do which was what everyone has to do to help manage their insulin resistance. And it had an immediate impact on his cognitive function.
0: So when you retested him after a year, was his level of insulin resistance lowered as well or in a better position? It was. That's pretty amazing. And we have
1: to talk about what that means. And we have to talk about what the difference in his test scores were for his memory testing.
0: Yeah, that's that's an amazing change. So lifestyle, you're putting it down to what he changed in the in the year between the the two tests. Let's come back and talk some more about what you're doing doing with these types of patients in your practice. We'll come back to this on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show, and if you are interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at eight six six Colander. Again, that number is eight six six K O L E N D E R. You're listening to the Collender Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Collender Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He's also going to discuss the simple tests that are available and necessary which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're encouraging you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-COLANDER. Dr. Colander, over the break, I was talking to you about the fact that, you know, waiting until somebody is qualified for Medicare, which is somewhere in your 60s, and you yourself have said many times, you need to get on the bandwagon when you're 20 or 30 and start getting tested and screened at that time. That's what prevention is all about. So what what's the answer here? Patients need to be getting this testing when they're 20 and 30, not waiting till Medicare kicks in.
1: Well, having um, a series of results to follow and then you can have trends in what's going on. Plus, as advances occur, apply those to our preventive screening and having a process to apply is really important. So establishing that baseline is key. So for the patient we're talking about, you know, he's starting in the seventies and we're seeing where we are. I guess there's a lot of take home messages here. Number one is it's never too late. Number two, it's possible to improve your memory, which is unbelievable. Um, Number three, Knowing what is going on with your metabolism so that we can give you the correct recommendations of how to live your life to affect what we need to change is important because we know all about him. We know how his arteries are doing. We know his inflammation. We know the status of his prediabetes. We've got measurements on insulin resistance and we can tell him exactly how to eat and how to move so that he can make these improvements, and he listened.
0: How long has he been your patient?
1: Oh, easily 20-plus years, maybe 20. He might have been 25.
0: So back in the day when you were uh, an ordinary common garden variety internal medicine doctor, he had started with you. Right. And then he gradually segued into getting a, a far better treatment plan and prevention plan as he segued over into your private practice.
1: Right, and actually when you're saying this, it makes me think of some other things that we have to think about is that everybody changes on their own pace. Right. You know, so I talk to some people and they turn over a new leaf the next day. You know, first visit, they're in and they're off to the races and getting better and we can do a lot with them because they're right in. I mean, I've known this guy for 25 years and just last year, he decided to, okay, I'm going to get up and go. So it's really never too late, and because his arteries are not that bad of shape, fixing your memory is really important because it's not—it cannot be any fun for anyone around him for him to be in great physical shape and mentally not be there. You know, he's going to live another—you know—knock on wood—he might live another 20 years with his arteries assuming his brain holds up. So really important to identify your personal risks. Identify your personal drivers of disease, and have guidance on what to do with it to make those improvements, and then follow them and get the results. It was really encouraging for him. So let's go back to this test. So this test that we do, it's like the cognitive test. test. Um, It's out of a hundred. You know, I consider people. So we get a score, and the the machine says, "Okay, if you're 75 and over, you're fine." I don't like these scores. To me, if you're 90 and over, that's really hard to do. You're great. If you're in your 80s, I don't mean 80-year-olds, but the score is 80 out of 100, you're doing pretty well. Upper 80s is great. If you're 79, 70 to 79, okay, we have work to do. I don't like that. Even if 79 is normal on the grade, let's get you back up in the 80s. And so what I tell to each person is different based on, what i learned about them during that physical Mm -hmm. so for somebody so for this guy it was it was reversing his insulin resistance Mm
2: -hmm.
1: for somebody else it might be we have to control your blood pressure and we need to get a sleep evaluation Mm -hmm. for somebody else it might be go see the dentist because you've got a problem with your oral health and we need to have this addressed
0: that's interesting. I'm going to jump in here because I wouldn't know of any other doctor, any other MD or any other internal medicine specialist that would ever make a referral to a dentist to have their oral health examined because, as you've talked many times, that's where all the big diseases first start and no one knows that.
1: Unfortunately, not only do I have to refer them to a the dentist, but then I have to call the dentist and tell them what to do. You that's know, I mean, I'm not a dental health expert. hmm But I have to encourage them to be a little more aggressive with this person because they have XY measures of inflammation. And we do do genetic swabs in the office. It's not quite a swab. People spit into a cup. Mm -hmm. And then we send it to a lab that measures the presence of bacteria in the mouth that is directly related to chronic illness, so specifically heart disease and dementia.
0: No one else is doing this. There's no one doing this. Well, if
1: you're doing prevention, you are, but there aren't that many people doing all But there's nobody do. doing who's doing this. prevention. Right, not many.
0: And, uh, you know, with all of the dentists that are out there, I quite honestly, I mean, I, only, I know of one who's doing it, but the, the other dentists are just you go in and you get x-rays and you get your teeth cleaning and you see a hygienist and then you get your teeth drilled and that's it.
1: Well, unfortunately, they're making too much money doing cosmetics.
0: Exactly, and exactly. Then, and, then,
1: and so there's no incentive for them to be doctors right you know and that's really the crime so that the doctors the dentists that do choose to work on oral health they're charging so much money i mean i'm going to be frank more than the process should be charged because that's what time in their chair is worth to them right you know they could be putting an implant in or whatever it is they do and at god knows what price so mm-hmm. they've got a. That's what that chair costs to them. So they, if they're going to do, I'm going to say general dentistry, you know, or aggressive, how do you want to call this? Preventive dentistry.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what they have to charge for that chair. Mm-hmm. So it's my challenge also to find the right dentist who's going to do the right work mm-hmm. and not price gouge.
0: Well, I don't know that I would say price gouge. I would just think that I feel that all patients have the right to know what's out there and let them, they're consumers, and they need to know that that testing is necessary and most dentists aren't doing it. And I don't know of any doctor that's referring to a dentist. I don't know of any doctor that's doing what you're doing either. So how's the general public supposed to know? And even if, you know, there are specialist dentists that are doing this testing, and even if it seems like it's a lot of money, I feel as though as a consumer, all patients have the right to know it's there and here's what it costs and let them decide whether they want to get it or not and not rely so much on whether or not Blue Cross is covering it.
1: For a second, I thought you were talking about vaccination. (laughs) but uh, So, I mean, you know, in this environment in our country right now where the only concept of prevention is getting a vaccine, there's nowhere for people to get any information because there's no news out there about anything. Right. And the and and the way our country is operating, it's clearly not involved in prevention. Because uh-huh. we talk all the time, the best prevention against chronic illness is all the things we're doing. You right. know, all the things that we do help keep people safe from COVID.
2: Uh-huh.
1: All the things that we do protect you from heart attack and stroke, and now I can say for the first time look, we're reversing dementia in someone who just really started in one year. Right. And every day in our practice, I can see that we're reversing plaque in one year. So to be able to see someone's an objective measure of their cognitive function improve in such a short time, I'm really enthusiastic about that.
0: And you talked about a patient that you had on one of the shows maybe a couple of weeks ago that was somewhere in his 70s who actually reversed plaque. It was identified and he was able, you were able to reverse it, which is pretty amazing.
1: I fully expect all my patients to reverse their plaque. It's not a question of can it be done, or, but I expect it to be done. And if it's not happening, it's either their fault or my fault or both our faults that we haven't done it. It's not all on them.
0: First things first though, they have to know whether they have plaque and they have to know what the tests are that are out there and how to get these tests. And let's come back and talk about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Collender Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also talk about the simple tests that are available and necessary which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Before we come back to talking to Dr. Colander, I'd like to remind listeners that Dr. Colander has a live show every Thursday at 7 p.m. following Mitch Album. Stay tuned and you are able to call in and talk to the doctor directly if you have any questions. We're live 7 o'clock every Thursday. Look forward to your call. Dr. Collander. let's come back to the testing you're doing that no one else is doing. And I'm saying that consumers, patients are consumers. They deserve to know what's out there. You do the CIMT. How many people are doing the CIMT?
1: There's not many people in the state of Michigan doing a CIMT. When I mean not many, I'm going to go five or less in the Mm -hmm. state. Mm -hmm. And even the people that may be doing it may not be applying the results in the right way to achieve the goals. And the goal is to not ever have a heart attack or stroke. And an ancillary goal would be to reverse dementia or not, I don't say reverse dementia, prevent dementia. And another ancillary goal might be to reduce the chance of someone becoming diabetic. So the process of prevention has a lot of other benefits that impact other chronic illness that we don't have a way to measure objectively. So that's what's great about using artery walls as, an, a, as a measure of our success, because it's an objective measure. It would be great if we could measure other outcomes this way, like dementia. Mm-hmm. So even though we have this screening test that we use, it gives us a score,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that score is repeatable year to year, Mm -hmm. And if it gets worse, it probably means that person's getting worse, obviously. And if it's getting better, they're improving. Mm -hmm. So we can track it. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: there's better things to do that just aren't practical for dementia. Like I would love to, we've talked about this many times on the show, not in a long time, but I would love to do some kind of imaging Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that measures the areas of your brain related to memory. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And you can correlate those volumetrics. That can mm-hmm. get an MRI. It just—it's another cost, and it, maybe people won't care. But we just haven't found a way to implement that into the practice in a reliable way. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's because my patients are living all over the place. You know, we have patients mm-hmm. all over the country now, and so it's—it's mm-hmm. it's just hard to find ways for people to get that done. And I'm not mm-hmm. ready to buy an MRI.
0: No, but I think as technology is skipping ahead at such a fast rate. And the fact that we have this technology, this CIMT, it's really pathetic that nobody knows about it. And the primary care physicians are not doing anything about seeing to it that their patients avail themselves of this test. And I've got a colleague, as we talked about it last week, who finally had to ask his new primary care physician, where does he get the CIMT? And he blew him off and sent him for some other tests. Then he sent the doctor an email saying, I think I'd really like to get it. And he said, okay, I'll email you back a prescription. So the patient gets the prescription. Where does he find the CIMT?
1: He's got to bring it to me.
0: Yeah, that's right. Right.
1: and I mean,
0: you know, you, you, as a doctor, he's sending him a prescription to go for a test that's an invaluable test. Granted, the patient has to pay for it. It's only $250, but it's absolutely invaluable. And now the doctor just say, okay, here's your prescription. Now go hunt one down.
1: And even if he got the test from me or somebody else and took it back to that doctor that doctor has no idea what to do with the results. Right. None. You know, and we talk about this a lot also, that having a diagnostic or a screening test without a plan is useless. Right. Just, you know, we all the time talk about people calling on the live show about their calcium scores, which is a great screening test for disease, assuming you're using it to put a plan in place. And if you're a traditional doctor for which the only plan is to screen you for surgery, that's a problem with their healthcare system. It doesn't identify a disease until an organ has failed. Uh-huh. Like there's no, no, dementia is your brain's failed, uh-huh. your memory's failed, diabetes is your pancreas has failed. And heart disease is you had a heart attack or your arteries failed.
0: Or you've shown up at the ER and gotten a stent.
1: Or have a toe tag. Oh, right. I guess you got to look, guess what? You die with a new diagnosis. Right. That's your first time you get diagnosis is death. So the, our system doesn't have a process for identifying the features that lead to disease and acting on it right then and there because there's no diagnosis code for those. Mm-hmm. So that's really one of the problems is that Um, unfortunately, until pharma comes up with a drug, then they make a code up. Mm -hmm. It's all driven by So everybody has
0: to be dependent. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the money, and everybody has to be dependent on pharma and on taking pills and on being on medication and on getting treatments and on winding up in the hospital. So I guess what we're saying to the listening public and all the patients out there is they need to wake up and smell the coffee, and then they need to realize that there is a possibility of preventing... So many of the, these diseases, and that they need to find out how to get on the path of prevention.
1: And it is unfortunate that there's so few of us doing this type of care. Um, you know, what it's so strange that your colleague goes to talk to his doctor, and the concept that heart attack and stroke is preventive is totally new to him that he thinks, you know, I've got my, you know, I'm nuts. You know, no, and- he
0: sent them out to some mobile van that goes around doing, what, body scans or something. And I asked you today, what is that? What is it, life something van or something that goes around?
1: Those are basically companies owned by vascular surgeons to screen you for surgery. That's interesting. Right. So you get the results, and then they refer you to a vascular surgeon. But that's what a stress test is. A right. stress test is screening you for surgery. It's not screening you for prevention. Now, in our system, surgery is the prevention. Oh, right. I had a stent. Oh, that's prevention. I, we had an a interventional neurologist on the radio you know, a year ago who's, you know, we're talking prevention. She goes, yeah, I put a stent in, that's prevention. I'm like, oh, my God. Having a surgery where the risk of stroke is 5% uh-huh. is not great preventive plan when uh-huh. medical management, which has no risk of stroke or death, is better.
2: Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's
1: plenty of now there's no data on stroke, but there's plenty of data to that degree for heart attack uh-huh. So why not start early and put yourself on a path for health the rest of your life and not assume that someone's going to bail you out with a simple with a surgery
0: in other words, don't wait until you need to or you're given a stress test that's too late. It's only a diagnosis that you have disease and don't wait until you start losing your memory. You've got to jump on this quickly. The big message here is start early.
1: That's what prevention is, is screening for problems before symptoms develop and then taking an action so that you don't develop the problem and or ever have the symptom. That's the best thing is that when none of my patients have any problems. And unfortunately, the way our system works is checking useless tests and telling people they're okay is false reassurance right and then they're never given any instruction on how to live a healthier life because the data you're being provided is garbage mm-hmm. and so it's it's like it's it's worse than not screening it's doing nothing right it's a pat on the back you're okay see you later and i hope you're alive when you come back for your physical next year
0: Well, let's hope people are smart enough to figure out what prevention is all about and at least call you or look into it a little bit more so they can avoid these diseases. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, and that wraps it up for the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR, sponsored by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and again, I want to thank Dr. Colander for talking to us about taking charge of our health, being proactive, avoiding heart attack and stroke, And more importantly, what you can do to halt or reverse the process of chronic degenerative disease. It's never too late to start. For more information on today's show or to learn more about how you can engage with a personal primary care concierge practice, you can call Colander Medical directly at 866 Colander. Again, that's 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you've become more aware of your options in preventing and reversing disease. Once again, you can reach out to Colander Medical at 866-COLANDER. Thank you for listening.